You are listening to a live message from Gold Street Garden Church with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before and your desire to know him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. I really, uh, I really sense in my heart. I was feeling this all day that uh, that one of the most beautiful things that we can do is let God love us. Yeah. It's just to let Him love us. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in finding ways to love Him. We're, we're, we're you know, if I did I tell enough people about Jesus? Did I read my Bible enough? Did I did I go to did I go to church enough? Did I do all these things and all of a sudden, we, we forget the, the, the greatest thing is to actually just let him love you. You know, it's my, my little girl, Bliss, she is a busybody. She, she loves, she's always active. She's always running the show. Um, she's like, she's boisterous. It's amazing. I, I, I'm a, as you can tell, I'm a very calm individual. So the fact that she's the way she is is like the Lord using her to <laughs> bring excitement to my life for sure, helping me with so many things. But one of the things I have to do with bliss so many times is just say, come here and let me love you. You know, like, as I do, I love watching her. I love seeing her and my little girl, she's three years old, but she'll, she'll run around. But I have to like, I actually have a game with her that it's called the kiss trap. And you can guess what that is. Is <laughs> I just I chase her and I say kiss trap, kiss trap, and I will grab her and I will I will I will smother her with kisses. And she's just like, Mama, save me from Dada's kiss trap. And I and I will I will just lay it on her. But she, the thing is, is that she doesn't just she can get occupied as a child. She there's things she wants to do. There's things she wants to play. There's things that's going on, but I have to remember to, uh, to allow her to be, be loved by me because that's where she's going to find her I- identity, knowing the Father, knowing those, you know, and that's the reason I, I, I start with that and what, I know why the Lord had that on my heart is if you haven't had a chance last night, I had a, I had a beautiful opportunity to interview the president of the Florida Dream Center uh, right down in Clearwater, St. Pete area, like on the cusp down there. And the Florida Dream Center is dedicated to, to bringing victims of human trafficking out off the streets, out of those things. So it's a very, it's a horrible thing that's going on. But Tampa, Clearwater is actually the third hottest place in the entire country. And it's actually, the city itself is actually getting to a place where it's the second. And the reason it is, is because the airport's so close. There's, so, there's multiple airports. There's things like that. And uh, there's so much money involved. And a lot of people just think human trafficking is overseas when actually it's big time right here. And when the Lord dealt with Jackie and I about starting this church, you know, the one thing that was our biggest prayer is, Lord, we want the tough cases. Like we want... Wherever we can hit the devil the hardest, 
sign us up, <laughs> you know? It's like, you know, that's kind of, and so when you hang around people like that, you're gonna find yourself in uncomfortable places real quick, having uncomfortable conversations, but they're much needed because Jesus didn't come to bring a polished sermon. He came to heal the brokenhearted. And the only way you can heal the brokenhearted is if you go to the broken places. You have to go to those broken places to see. And as I was talking with um, Pastor Bill Lasasso, and just so you know, if you're a part of Gold Street or as you're, if you're visiting, or I want you to know that that's going to be a huge part of this church's mission as we are going after uh, the, we, the thing. I really believe the Lord has hooked us up with this, call, you know, preventing this because there's so much psychology and things involved with, but how many people know that Jesus can heal somebody and set them free from their past? in a moment that what the devil has worked over time for years to put people into bondage. He can, he can do it all in one moment. And that's why we have to get involved. And the one thing that, and if I went through it, it's sickening that the we've, we heard, I encourage you to go on our gold street garden page and listen to the interview. Some of the details are appalling. Um, it's, you would throw up and, you know, just hearing that even infants are being human trafficked. It's like, to the point, it is, it is, it's ridiculous what's going on. And nobody can sit here and tell me that that's not the highest form of demonic activity. That just, that just all that's involved with that, all that's going on. But I say all that to just bring, there was one statement that Pastor Bill made last night when I was questioning him. And it was the fact that he said that the human traffic, uh, human traffickers, when they are looking for victims, they're not looking for the, the people that are like the bells of the ball that are just like, you know, thinking that they're really good looking or, and this, it's men and women that get human traffic, by the way, young boys, it's, it's huge, like in all those arenas as well. And they, the human traffickers, they look for uh, victims that have a lot of insecurity and that they have low self-esteem. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody. And you know, when he said that this one thing after that, he said that a lot of the girls that come through their program, the one thing that drew them in was, it was the fact that somebody told them that they love them. And the fact that somebody told them they love them for the first time in their life, that's why they fell for the trap of being in this system. And they would even get abused over and over again, just because this person loves me or they give me money or they give me, you know, candy, they give me things. And, and it just, it was so, it was so devastating to hear that. And I just realized that so many people need to know how, and I know this sounds cliche, but you need to understand how important it is that you know God loves you. Like when, when I get alone with God, I'm, I'm thankful to get instruction on what to do next, but I actually, my most transformed moments are when I'm in the secret place and I just hear this, I love you, Tom. I love you. I, I've learned that you can tell how close you are to somebody by how little you have to do to enjoy their company. I'm gonna say that again. The way you can tell how close you are to somebody is how little you have to do to enjoy their company. Like my wife and I, we can sit on the bed and just 
and, and talk about the day. Like, I don't have to, like, you know, sometimes when you're with a new person or you're meet, you feel like you have to kind of like share something that's like impressive or, you know, it's kind of like you want to engage in conversation. With my wife, we could just talk about, you know, bliss picking her nose. Like we could, there's no expectation besides I just love being with my wife and there's so little we have to do to enjoy each other. We just want to be with each other. And we forget that in prayer. And that's what we've been talking about is prayer is air. That prayer is not just a means to get something from God. Prayer itself is the gift to be able to commune with him. And when you get alone with him, it's not, and I'm all about bringing our requests to God, but I actually believe it's the smallest part of our prayer life. I really believe that just being with him is being transformed by him. I know the Bible says it over and over again in the Psalms that David said, that he would hear from the Lord. We brought it up last week in Psalm 27, eight, where it says, Lord, or it says, when you said, seek my face, Lord, my heart said, your face I will seek. And we hear this over and over again, seeking the face of God. Well, I was, I was meditating on that so much. And I was thinking about when I see my wife's face, I'm reminded I'm a husband. When I see her face, I'm reminded of my responsibilities as a husband. I'm reminded when I see my daughter's face, I'm reminded I'm a father. I'm reminded of those things. So when I see God's face, I'm reminded I'm a son of God. I'm reminded of my value. You see so many, we, we really, we, the, we have to understand that we've been taught and if you haven't praised God, but even in church, so many times we've heard that Jesus died for your sin. And then it ends right there, not realizing that Jesus died because that's how valuable you are to him. And that the secret place, when you get alone with God, the, the foundation and the pillars of the secret place is your revelation of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That when you are convinced of that, the secret place becomes an impenetrable fortress. That you live in unadulterated fellowship with him. And just being able to seek his face. And we brought this up last week that the reason why the Lord tells us to seek his face is because when you seek his face, his ears aren't far away. Right? When you seek his face, his ears aren't far away. So he's not telling you, even when God gives you instructions, those instructions are just to bring you closer to him, not, not further into your accomplishments. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's a big misconception too, is God, I need, to, I need to do something. I need to do these things. You need to be with him and allow your calling to be the fruit of intimacy. And I was talking with somebody even today and it was an awesome conversation. And one of the things I was reminded about is Abraham. Like, you know, what do we say? Isn't it, he's the father of faith and Abraham, we say he sacrificed his son, Isaac. He actually didn't. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> he actually didn't. The Lord stopped him from doing it. The reason why he was willing to do it, but he actually didn't do it but the thing about it that's so powerful, the reason why he's the father of faith is not because of the things he did. It was because he always listened. He listened. And that is the most beautiful thing about following the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is when it comes to prayer, listening. And there's three things that I really believe that we're going to hit on. And I want to, I want to leave room because I, I truly, I, we, we, we want to take communion tonight. 
And we, we need to do that. I, I encourage you all to do it often with your family. Don't wait for the church to do communion. Is that, is that, is what your family take communion together? And the reason we do it is not as an obligation. We do it to celebrate the price that was paid. Did you know that Jesus took the stripes for your healing? Not only physical healing, but emotional healing. Did you know that the, the, your issue is not your past? Your only issue would be the way you view your past. Because he took care of it. You are a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. Did you know what would happen if people actually took the Bible literally? They would live free. I'll never forget when I heard, uh, I think it was Lester Summerall or somebody said, what's the key to ministry? He said, take the Bible literally. <laughs> I was like, you know, that, that's a great thing. You know, just, just could we believe what he said? And the Lord spoke this to me during worship. And I'm so thankful. Is anybody thankful to hear from God? Just and Isn't it amazing how his voice is so clear when you disengage from everything and you focus on him? Who would have known? right? <laughs> I'm just having a hard time hearing from God. But when's the last time you forgot about everything that was going on and just focused in on him? And thank you, Ileana and Evan, for, for just having such hearts to lead. If we could thank them for just, it's, it's such a beautiful, such a beautiful thing. And um, I, I heard this and the Lord said that and, and I want to clarify sometimes when people say they've heard from God, I want to, I want to say like, I don't, I've, I don't, I can actually say I've never heard the audible voice of God. I'm in faith that I will and that it'll be a special thing. It's a rarity. Um, but one of the things that I do know is that there is something that you hear in your heart and your heart has ears, your spirit has ears and it, and it communes with God daily and unceasing. And there's this communion. And when you're really focusing in worship, all of a sudden, dad starts speaking. The father starts speaking. And he just brings great revelation and truth. And when we're talking about listening tonight, the one thing the Lord was bringing up to me is, it's very simple, but he said, he said, my voice is the sound of love. And the reason so many of my children say it's hard to hear my voice is because they don't know how to receive my love. And when you get a picture of that, you realize that uh, the conversation I was having with, with somebody even earlier, and I've had this conversation so many times with people, is that it is so easy to gauge your relationship with God off measurements of accomplishments, off things, and especially off approval of men and women, you know, getting people's applause, getting people's uh, recognition. Did Abraham, when he went to sat, when he went through the act to sacrifice Isaac, did he have a huge audience saying, yeah, Abraham, you're such a man of God. Let's all give it up for Abraham. He's about to sacrifice his son. Let's all watch this. This is amazing. Was anybody there? No, it was God. It was between him and that your greatest moments are not what people see. It's what the communion that takes place in the secret place. What, when you're listening to him, that We've heard it before, but just to know that 
I heard uh, Dan Moeller share this before, and uh, this was so, he had, a, he had a vision one time, and he said that, and I think I shared this before, not the whole vision, but I love one thing that Dan Moeller has taught when it comes to getting alone with God and hearing, is that he said that he did this as a practice when he found out in Matthew 7 that you're to shut the door behind you and then go in and to uh, be alone with him in the commune. And he said what he would do is when he first got saved and he read that scripture, he would, he would go into his bedroom and he would crack the door open and he would, he would say, God, I'm here. <laughs> and then he would just be alone with him. And he said that he didn't do it as a, he said he felt in his heart that he needed to do that to, to create a faith environment where that he, it, it became so real to him that when he was alone, he was never alone. And he, he developed this, that when, wherever he was, he would be like, God, I'm here. And like, he would do it like a little kid. And it's, he's like, yeah. Um, and, uh, but one of the things that he said is as he was doing this, he would do it on a, he made it a habit in his heart to do this with the Lord in communion. And then he had a vision one time in the Lord. He saw myriads of angels. He saw all these angels. And then he saw uh, the father on the throne. And, and Dan is just like, whoa, like he's just being amazed by what's going on. And then Dan, it just looks at God and they make eye contact and all the angels are singing in their celebration. And then soon as Dan looks at God, God goes, shh. And all the angels get silent. And Dan, Dan was like, whoa, what is going on? And then the Lord said, I need everybody to be quiet. My son is here to speak with me. What's on your heart, Dan? And then, you know, and it's just, you get this picture. And, and, and Dan Muller went on to explain. He's like, I know that God was just showing me that to show how personal it is. Now he's like, I'm not saying that there's like, this is, you can find it in Revelation or whatever. He's just saying that the Lord was showing him something to show how personal it is that when you get alone with God, sometimes uh, I, the Lord revealed to me a few weeks ago, as we've been on this whole series that sometimes we're you know, we go to God and we want to inform him of what's going on in the world instead of being influenced by what's going on in heaven. Like we go to prayer and we're like, God, did you know what's going on right now? Do you know what's going on? Like, can you, you, you know, do you, people are freaking out. Like we need you to do something, God. And he's like, here, just be with me for a little bit. That'll change everything right? Just getting alone with him for a little bit. And then it's so crazy. You can get on Facebook. Let's just use that as a night. You could get on Facebook and scroll down and just your jaw drop like a cartoon, like, oh, like what, what is going on? What is going on? And then what you do, this is what you do. You, you shut it, you get alone and you just get with God and you just let him love on you. And then you open the Facebook back up and you're like, I'm just, Lord, you're doing something and I just pray and I thank you. Instead of engaging in all of it, all of a sudden you get transformed and then all the, you're, you're now a walking, you're a walking son or daughter of God and you're carrying that influence everywhere you go. But it's, all, it's not because of all of your great prayers, it's because you decided to give yourself to prayer. And you're just living in this presence and hosting it everywhere you go, Amen. This is good. Say this out loud. Say, I am his. And he is mine. 
It's so important that you daily remind yourself. Do you realize we can talk to the king of the universe? And not only can we talk to him, but he paid the highest price so he could. I, I share this a lot, but it's important to realize that the cross, a lot of people, some people believe the cross was God's backup plan. Like they think that Adam screwed up and God didn't, you know, oh, let's send, we got to send my son down there to take care of it. You know, he's, it said that he was slain before the foundation of the earth, which means, what did Jesus say? There's no greater love than one that lays down his life. So you wouldn't even know what greater love is unless it was part of his plan to lay his life down from the beginning. A revelation of love is once again, understanding what, what love truly is and getting that in our hearts. It's understanding the sound of his voice is the sound of love. And, and just so everybody knows, did you, all of you can hear the voice of God in your heart. John 10, 27 is a clear promise that my sheep hear my voice. It's a clear promise. The thing is, is it's, it's actually never about hearing is the problem. It's about recognition because the real problem is not you being able to hear from God because that would mean that God's a bad communicator. That's what you're saying, right? When somebody says that they can't hear from God, what they're saying is God doesn't know how to communicate to his children indirectly. They may not be actually saying that, but that's, there's an implication. And it's not that you can't hear from God. It's actually that you've allowed so many other voices that you're not able to recognize. You're not able to distinguish. And that was the whole thing that happened in Genesis 3 with Adam. It was when he entertained another voice, the voice of God became something he hid from willfully. When he heard, he hid. And that's not God's design. And, that, and, and the thing is, is I, I love sharing this because it's so important you realize that sin didn't change the way that God saw man. Sin changed the way man saw God. He still loved Adam because he said, where are you? Yeah. He, right? He was, having a, he was having an intimate conversation with Adam when Adam just screwed the whole human race up. <laughs> he, was still, he was still talking with him. Like, you know, it was kind of like, you know, Adam, we're going to have to talk about this after dinner. But, uh, you know, it's like, you know, um, but everything was already paid for. Your sin doesn't. It does, it, your sin doesn't get in the way of God's love for you. It just allows you to not be able to receive it properly until you deal with it and let it, and let, let and we said this a few weeks ago, the, a big problem with sin that people need to realize is that you can't surrender what you don't take ownership of. So if you don't admit that you have sin, you can't actually, if you don't say that you've possessed it, you can't surrender it. That's why, and hear this out, this is something the Lord revealed in Genesis 3, when Adam does sin, you know what's the first thing when he does get questioned by God is what does he say? He starts blaming, right? He starts making excuses right away, blaming the, the woman. And then the woman blames the devil. And did you notice that the world does the same thing? They blame their problems on everyone. And even the church blames their problems on the devil. Jesus took care of the devil. Can I get an Amen. Jesus took care of the devil. And when Adam started making these excuses, 
An excuse is making covenant with bondage. An excuse is making covenant with bondage. Because when you, when, you, when you verbally make an excuse, you are actually marrying deception. Because you, it's self-justification, it's self-righteousness. An excuse is fig leaves covering your sin. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, why was he cursing the fig tree? Because he was getting to the root of why man have hid from, they, Adam used fig trees to hide himself. Jesus was, cur- you know, that there's more elements than that because trees are very symbolic in the Bible. But just, I'm having a little fun with the translation, but just getting you to understand that we don't need to hide from God. You need to expose yourself in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So making it, when it comes to listening, I have just three things I want to go over, and I want the Lord to speak to people tonight through communion, and uh, I really believe we're going to have a powerful belief. I, I want you all to know that we're contending on a weekly basis for signs, wonders, and miracles to happen. I believe, I believe when we stay so focused on Him that we're going to actually see Him happen more accidentally than even on purpose. His presence will be so hosted here, it'll be, and it's gonna, we're going to see these waves of glory. And that's why if I didn't say this earlier, I want to say it now that with us even getting more involved with uh, the human trafficking prevention and things like that, I truly believe the Lord is going to take some of the people in the most broken situations and they are going to be some of the greatest voices in this hour. Amen. Are we believing for that? God is going to raise up. Uh, I'm talking about children that have been trafficked or whatever it's been. We're going to see some great things happen and that the glory of the Lord is going to be manifesting in great and in, in just superb ways. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to just keep talking about what took place years ago. We need to see it now, like never before. And the way that we're going to is by getting alone with him and because he wants us to be the representations of his glory. What is, it says that the hope of glory is what? Christ in you. And the glory is the manifested presence of God. So the more Christ is formed in your character, the more Christ is formed in your reactions to things. You see, and here's the thing about listening like we're talking about before. Don't listen to respond, listen to know. Don't, how many, have you ever been in a conversation with somebody you can tell that they're only listening to you so they can give you a quick rebuttal or they can tell you the coolest revelation they heard? They don't even care what you, they're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can let you know how important they are. That's listening to respond, not listening to know. And that's what's so beautiful about being alone with God is you can listen to know. You can listen to know. You can get alone with him and you can just, it's just amazing. Like as soon as I learned more about the secret place, I made it a point to say that this, like even with my wife and I, like she knows, like I'll I'll tell her like, you know what this, even we were talking, I was like, you know what, this Friday, I'm just going to go out in the woods (laughs) alone with the Lord. And some of you be like, yeah, that, you just got to do what you got to do sometimes. Cause like some schedules get busy, things get alone. And I'm just like, Lord, I want to find you out in the woods. This, you know, I'm going to go out there, be alone. And you got to do that in your life. You got to, you are going to go crazy in this world. If you don't make time alone with him, we've said it before that spiritual maturity is not based off duration of time, but investment of time. 
Spiritual maturity is not how long you've been saved. It's how much of your time have you invested knowing him while you've, know, while you've been saved. Because there's I, one of the biggest problems with the church is actually people that have been saved for a long time that don't know him. Because all that they can preach is, is death. Because that's all they know. He's life. You have to know him. You have to be in relationship with him. That the investment of time, amen? So when it comes to listening, the thing that I want to share is these three things. The first is the posture of your heart. If you want to learn to listen more, the posture of your heart is numero uno, posture of heart, amen? The second thing that I want to share, and I'll, I'll go through these briefly and allow the Lord to show off as he already is, a priority of time. So posture of heart, priority of time. And then the final thing is persuasion of character. And we'll go through these again, but I just want to give this, this line that when it comes to listening, we have to get to a place where uh, I want to share a quick story that this was multiple years ago. And I was, I was running extremely late to work extremely late. Like I was already, you know, when, you know, like when you get in your car and you know, you're going to be late. Like I was, I was late when I got, I was already past the deadline when I got into my car. It wasn't even that I even had like some, I was already late to, to work. I was already, it was already not looking good for me. I was bad steward of my time. I'm not making excuses because that would be making covenant with the enemy. So, so, so I was, I was being a bad steward of my time. I had to stop at the post office, had to. So I'm already late, gotta stop at the post office. I get to the post office, there's a long line, obviously. It would just have to happen, it would have to be that. You know what I'm talking, you know these situations, it's like just another horrible detail to just, you know, add to this tardiness. So um, I'm, I'm in line doing the, tapping the foot, doing the Holy Spirit, uh, translate me to the front of the line, uh, doing whatever I know to do. And the person behind me, I notice, has their head hung really low. And I, could, I didn't even need spiritual discernment to tell this person needs prayer. Somebody could be like, the Lord's telling me you need prayer. I was just like, bro, you, you look depressed. <laughs> you know, Jesus. It's like, you know, somebody just walked in and I could tell that they were really uh, in a bad place. And when I saw that, my first thought, I kind of had, a, if you've never read the book of Jonah, I kind of had a Jonah moment where I was like, Lord, not now. <laughs> like, I know that you want to do something, but I'm already late. I got to, I got to, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, all right. And so I had the whole opportunity to talk with him while I'm in, you know, the maze line at a post office. They have, you know, you're walking, you know, you got to go in the lays, you know, and the maze. And I'm just, Finally, I get done and I'm like, all right, I got to go. And the Lord says, don't you leave. And I walk outside and I'm like, Lord, I'm really in a hurry. And the Lord said, that's not my fault. <laughs> Sound of love is the voice of God. <laughs> but correction and rebuke, we need it. Amen. We need it. The American church needs a bunch of spankings for sure. Actually, I think the American church has had way too much encouragement. They've had so much encouragement that they've been encouraged right into the death trap of sin, thinking that grace is an entitlement instead of an empowerment. It's not an entitlement to sin. It's an empowerment to be like him. And it's, it's very got to get to a place of understanding that grace is not toilet paper. Sorry. Amen. 
Amen? I don't, and here's the thing is, if you know how much he loves you, you would never limit grace to such a, a, horrible, a horrible thing. That grace is supposed to transform you, not encourage you to stay the same. Amen? Seeing the, even, you know, John chapter 8, when the woman caught in the act of adultery, such a beautiful story. Could you imagine just think about that, John, this, go read the story. Could you imagine your work, like right now, let's, you know, some of us, it varies, but just, I'm not trying to get you to, but just to get a picture of the story. Could you imagine your worst mistake, your worst sin, and all of us saw you do it, <laughs> all of us heard about it, and we're like, we're taking you to Jesus. Jesus, what do you think about what they did this day? And what does Jesus do? He stoops down like he doesn't hear them. You know why he does that? Because he's slow to speak, quick to listen. So he listened, but he gets down. And you know, this is just, once again, throwing a little Dom translation in there. But just the, the one thing I want you to see is I believe one of the reasons he stooped down is because in his flesh, he wanted to start throwing some rocks. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, you know what? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, talk to the Lord right now. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to talk to dad right now. Because y'all, y'all need to chill. And while they all think that this woman's the problem, they're the problem. And they're going through all these things. But the woman, when she, when Jesus says, after he says, he who has no sin, cast the first stone. Who's the one that had no sin? Jesus could have threw a boulder at, his, at her head. He was in, he, he could have. He had no sin. He could have started throwing the rocks. But they all left and he said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, there are none. He said, neither do I condemn you. And then he says, go and sin no more. He wasn't saying, don't go be a bad girl anymore. He was saying, don't live for less. Don't settle for what I've not created you to do. You just had an encounter with love. You've seen my face. Live this. Amen. So back to why I was, I, I wait out in the, the parking lot of the, the post office and I'm like, I'm already late. This is really bad. And, uh, when this gentleman walks out of the post office, I just look at him and I'm, I'm not prepared in what to say. The Lord told me to, to stay. So he's got he's to deliver. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes people really like, I don't know what to say. I don't know. Well, if God told you to do it, he's going to speak through you. Just, you just got to You're like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know either. I just let it happen. You know, so you just, and the person, when they walked out, I said, the Lord, the Lord told me to stay here because he, he he, he wants to speak to you. He loves you. And I, the, the, this is what he does. The first thing he says to me is he says, he, he, he puts his head down, starts weeping, says, I was driving to this post office today. And, you know, we all know what, how the story ends. This happens. Well, I don't know why we're even surprised every time. If God tells you to stay, tells you to do something, he's setting you up. Like, you got to hear what happened. It's like, what, did God show up again? That's what he's supposed to do. <laughs> you let him go. You just let him have it. So I, 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 he's, I, I was, he said, I was driving to the post office and I said, Lord, I need a sign. And his, 
his mother was in stage four of breast cancer. And he said, I need a sign that you're hearing our prayers, that you're even, and, and I pray with him. And you know what I even got to tell him is I got to tell him that you can go home and lay hands on your mother. You don't need me to come. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to believe and all, all these things. So she had a, she had a test the next day and they couldn't find it. Now, that Sunday, the whole family comes to church and they're all at the altar, jumping up, <laughs> praising God, dancing. But the thing I want you to, to, the thing I want you to see that, that took place is that I had to stop. When Moses got called at the burning bush in Exodus 3, he would have never heard from God unless he stopped. A lot of the reason people don't hear from God is because they won't stop. I love you know, when, we, when we get to this place of understanding that stopping and listening, it's so crucial that we just stop, that we, we're not concerned about everything and we just say, Lord, just being with you is enough just being with you. And you can do this while you're, I'm telling you, this will happen to you because the, even the fact that we're talking about this tonight, the Lord's gonna give you opportunities this week. You're going to go to the grocery store and you are gonna feel the presence of God while you are picking out a box of cereal. You're gonna feel the presence of God when you are pumping gas and you're gonna look around and there's gonna be somebody and the Lord is going to say, tell them I love them. And when you allow love to transform you, you need to pray. The Lord's been dealing, dealing with me about praying like this. Lord, teach me to be the expression of your love to the world. You know, even Gold Street Garden, our, the, the main phrases that we say is experience Jesus, express Jesus, exalt Jesus. It's just a, a, a full circle. You experience his love, you express his love, you exalt his love, Repeat, do it over and over again. And experiencing his love is so important. But I want you all to know that we do not chase experiences. I need to say that I know that we don't chase a feeling. Did you know that there are gonna be days that you really are gonna feel like not getting out of bed? There's gonna be days you feel discouraged. There's gonna be days you have a feeling. And as Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Navarro pointed out earlier, is that every feeling and every thought you have is not yours. You don't have to take ownership of it. That's why if you don't know how much he loves you, you won't know how to reverse the script on the enemy. That it, there's times you're not, there's, there's times when I prayed for that gentleman at, you know, with the, um, the healing that took place, I can't, I, I can't tell you that when I was with him, you know, I just felt this supercharged electricity. I just knew the Lord told me to be there and pray. That's all it did. It wasn't this electrifying encounter. It was obedience. It was, you know, when, when my wife tells, you know, can you grab me a cup of coffee? And I bring her a cup of coffee. I'm like, honey, I just felt how powerful this obedience was. Like giving you this cup of coffee, like, man, what an experience. <laughs> like so many times people are, are chasing an experience not realizing that when you are in love, you're in love. That just hearing from him and doing what he says, you don't have to have all these feelings. But I'm not saying that they won't happen because they will. But I actually believe that the experiences happen the more you steward what you have. 
that I believe encounters get greater and greater if you steward where you're at right now and you're not just longing for what somebody else has, but you just want him. You have to understand that when the word is going forth, when things are happening, like there, there's so much going on in the room. If you understood, uh, when, you, when you understand in different contexts that, you know, you have to allow the Lord do what he wants to do. In fact, the reason why so many people are bound is because you just don't give him a moment. Because if you, I, I love a, a minister, Michael Koulianos, he said this one time and it really ministered to me. He said that when you're, when you're ministering, whether you're leading worship or whether you're, you're preaching or whether you're just having a conversation with somebody, he said that sometimes I'm just preaching, I'm just talking. And it's like, if you've ever been to a Broadway show and they have the huge curtain and, you know, it's hard to find where to get through is, you know, because it's this giant curtain. He said that what, what ministering is, is you're just feeling the curtain and you're just talking in faith. And then as soon as you find where the part is, you just say, Lord, let it rip. And that's what it is. Like, really, if you really, like, we have, even giftings and talents and things you have, they're all from him. And it's all just so he can manifest it's not about anything but letting him just go. Just let it rip. Just, and that's why in his presence is the fullness of joy. Because the thing about laughter and joy is that's what God created you. He created you to be in a euphoric experience. That I'm, I'm a child of God. <laughs> this is amazing. Like what else are you waiting for? Are you waiting? Are you waiting for the next victory to shout? Or is the cross and resurrection beautiful in itself? Is just having a relationship with him, just knowing him. Amen. It's so amazing. A heart that listens is a heart that loves. A heart that listens is a heart that loves. Jackie and I, we could, we could both sit here and testify that 100% of our arguments are because, I'll say, I'll be, because I didn't listen what I said. <laughs> but, you know, the thing that we're saying is that it's, it's because one of us heard through the wrong filter. We didn't listen well, and it caused an argument. It caused a dispute. The reason why there's so many there's confusion in things is because of not listening well. When you listen well, you love well. It's just, it's a product of that and getting that in, in our hearts. And when in John 14, 21, it says this, oh, wow, you know, I just, it's, you know, what's amazing is I, I realized that uh, I actually have a message and I didn't I was like, just, I was like, wow, that would have been really good tonight. But it's like, it's like, so, well, it's cool. We're, we'll just keep going, you know. We, just so you know, when we do series here, like this is the first time we, be, we, we did Purity of Heart. Now we're doing prayers there. We don't, I don't do series like I know how long we're going to, like we're going to do this for six weeks and we're going to have props and everything. Like, I'm just like, the Lord said we're talking about prayer. So we might be talking about it till the trumpet sounds for all I know. I just know the Lord said... The Lord said, prayer, and let's talk about it. Amen. That's where the anointing, you know, getting us back to this place of fervency in prayer. But in John 14, 21, one of my favorite scriptures, it's Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me and he who loves me, I will be loved by my father and I will manifest myself to him. How many people want Jesus to manifest himself in your life? Well, you know what it is? It's by hearing the word and keeping the word. And then he manifests. 
He manifests. That's why, so, you know, we have to realize that when God's glory shows up in a way where we can't, like, I want you to know that there, has anybody experienced that you actually, the, the presence of the Lord was so strong on you that you actually, you couldn't get off the floor. It wasn't that you didn't give a courtesy drop, if you've ever heard of that before. You like, you, you actually, you fell in the presence of God and you aren't able to get up because, and it's, it's not, it's, it, it's not like God's like, stay down. It's just almost like, I, I, I even, I, I joked about it before, but it's, you know, like when I tickle bliss, like the reason I tickle bliss is because I want her to give me what's in her hand or something like, give me that and I'll tickle her. And it's like given, and that's why the joy and the presence that God wants to take things that you've been harboring and things and that there's moments where his presence shows up in this, this way, but he manifests himself to those who keep his word, that value his word with everything. Amen. And I, I, <laughs> I feel like if there's, there's just two things I want to show you and then we'll, we'll move on. Who, you know, who cares about uh, what I want, The one thing I always share is that your prep time when you're alone with the Lord, it, 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 it's the most beautiful thing to just get alone. I, I encourage you all to, when you get alone with him, Make sure you have a pen and pad ready. Make sure you have things. Be in faith that he's going to reveal things, speak to you. It's a beautiful thing. But if you go to Hebrews 4, I wanted to show you this uh, in closing. And then I want to take communion together. You guys getting anything out of this tonight? Is this blessing you? And uh, if you're watching online, we're so thankful to have an online audience. I, I, I Let us know if you're experiencing the presence of God as strong as it is here. Uh, you, wanna, you definitely want to get here and be involved. This is amazing. Amen. So in Hebrews 4, when we're talking about listening, it's important that we see the details of Jesus even said in Matthew 11, so many, did you know he said that all who are heavy laden and are weary, that come to me and I will give you rest, take of me. And he's, he, so if you want to be taught of Jesus, you have to come to him. Do you see that? that he says, come to me if you're heavy laden. He's not gonna, he's, he's already come to you because the Bible says in 1 John 4, 19 that we love him because why? He first, what is it? But what is, it's very important. You see, first, love, duh. Like, I, it's important because duh, love, duh means duh, it happened. Like, it's past tense. Like, it's, you know, you are redeemed, duh. You are saved, duh. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's like you have to see that it's taken place already. You have to get it in your heart to know. So when we, when we say, when, when you understand this, you're coming to him and you're getting taught and you're learning how to walk this out. But we love him because he first loved us. That means that, that means that he, I, I share this a lot, but a quote the Lord, you know, has revealed is God created eternity because that's how long it's going to take for you to discover the depths of his love. He created eternity because that's how long it's going to take for you to discover how much he loves you. Eternity is actually a gift to understand his love. That's good. It's that big. It's that deep. And he paid the highest price so he could spend every second with you. I think if we looked around the room, there's people that we don't want to spend even a few seconds. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? He's like, that's a complete joke. I'm saying that like, I'm saying 
that he wants to spend eternal seconds with you. And that's why, what is the first thing love is in 1 Corinthians 13? Love is patient. King James, long-suffering. <laughs> you know why? We, let's, let's dial it up. Patience sounds beautiful. How about long-suffering? How much does that sound? Does that sound great? Is that going to be good on a card? Long-suffering. But I just wanted to share uh, in, in, in Hebrews 4, this is a popular passage of Scripture I want you to see. Verse 11, it says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the Word of God is living and powerful. Everybody, if you got your Bible or you got it, your phone app with the Bible, just say, this is alive. This is, this is like when you read this thing, it's reading you. It's reading your mail. That's why when you say, when it says the word of God is living and powerful, it's not like, let me do my devotion today. Let's see if there's a nugget in here that I can share at work with everybody. No, it's like, no, this is changing you from the inside out. This book is diving into the depths of your being because what does it say? Does it say the word of God is living and powerful and it's a, it's a nice little cushion you can rest your head on? It says the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. You know why? Because that word is getting in your heart, cutting out things that doesn't belong there. When you read the word, there should be some ouches going on. Like, oh, wow, I handled that situation very wrong today, Lord, because I just found out that that's not how I'm supposed to act. <laughs> that, like when you read the word and you get in his presence, you know what you should say? Lord, what has to change now? It shouldn't just be, oh, I'm really encouraged. That's an aspect of it. It's one third. The word of God is for encouragement, rebuke, and correction. So if you only get encouraged, you're failing because it's one third. Does anybody done school before. One third is a failing grade. <laughs> so you have to get that. But it's the word of God is, a two, is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of, here's the most important part, soul and spirit. So what does the word do? It, 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 it distinguishes and differentiates your feelings from truth. Why is the church so confused? Because they have accepted the world's confusion and called it wisdom. They've accepted the world's methods and said, this is wisdom. We need to do what the world's doing right now because that's the smartest thing to do. Said no one ever in the Bible. <laughs> said no one ever in the Bible without there being a, a, a consequence adopting, you know, even earlier when Joe was talking about, uh, you know, offerings, did you know, here's here, newsflash, did you know that the, the first time an offering's brought to the Lord, somebody died because of a controversy over offering? Did you know in the New Testament, the first time offerings are talked about, Ananias and Sapphira, every time people start talking about offerings, somebody dies. <laughs> New Testament and Old Testament, why? Because the Lord has a problem with people holding things back. We need to expose it all, get it all out. Let the word change you. Let it get in there and cut out the things that doesn't belong. And then you go on to read. Not only does it d differentiate. So here, when you're reading, here's an example. And I, we're wrapping up because we'll just have to talk way more about a hundred things later. But just 
<laughs> when be here next week and 100 weeks after that. But I, I, lo I love what Michael Koulianos, we brought him up earlier. I love when I went to one of the, uh, the services that he was doing, he said, you caught us in the, you know, the lifelong series of Jesus. <laughs> I just love that. Like, that's, who else is there to talk about? What else is there to talk about? Colossians, it tells us that God put the fullness of the Godhead in him. That in Hebrews 1, it says that God spoke through prophets and old, but everything that he has desired to say, he said it through his son. Jesus is God's perfect sermon. I've heard Bill Johnson say that Jesus is perfect theology. I love that. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. If it's not in the character of Jesus, it shouldn't be in your life. It shouldn't be in your character. But when you, when you read the word, you should pray like this, Lord, whatever thoughts I'm having, whatever feelings I'm having that are not of you, Lord, show me, reveal those things to me. I surrender them and Lord, allow me to replace it. Because you have to understand that renewing the mind isn't only learning God's will, it's unlearning your own. And there's a lot of people that they've, they're mixing what God said with the filter of the world. It doesn't work that way. That's why you need to go. When Jesus got baptized, the first thing that he did is the Holy Spirit took him away in the wilderness. You could almost say, as soon as he got filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit said, let's get alone. Why? I want to teach you to differentiate your feelings from what I'm saying. With the Spirit. And then you keep reading here. It says, verse 13, and then it says, joints and marrow, a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. There is nothing more important. Hear, hear me when I say this, that what you do is important, but the heart in which you do it is everything. What you do is important, but the heart in which you do it is everything. You will not be judged for what you did. You'll be judged for the heart in which you did it because you can do all the right things and hear the words depart from me, I never knew you. But I cast out demons in your name. Depart from me, I never knew you. There's not a, a more tragic phrase in the Bible. The reality of that, the, the, re, the reality that there are people that actually think that they, they know God and they're even casting demons out. They don't know him. We said it last week, the highest privilege in life is knowing Jesus Christ intimately. It's not about all your accomplishments and all those things. All that is, is so you have more to lay at his feet. That when he is the motive, if Jesus, if Jesus is your motivation, he will always be the manifestation. But if you're motivated for any other thing, you'll just manifest those things. And then 13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to him and they must give an account. So the word of God, it sees you. It, it sees all these things where you're naked, where you're exposed. You just need to open up to it and allow it, allow it to happen. Amen. Amen. Let God come in and do the work. And then you keep reading. And right after it says this stuff, which is actually kind of hard reality, like the Lord's going to do 
heart surgery, things like that. But then it goes on seeing then that we have a great high priest. How many people are thankful that Jesus is our high priest, not the Pope? <laughs> Can I get a louder amen? Jesus Christ is our high priest, not some, not some mortal man. The resurrected one. He represents you. Yeah. Who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Is it possible not to sin? It actually is. But it's about getting more and more in, in love with him and seeing that and not being focused on not sinning. It's not even, it's, it's just the fact that sin is settling for less. That's all it is. And then, yet without sin, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy in a time of need. Amen. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this, For God is faithful, who has called you into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ. Your greatest the greatest privilege is to be called into the fellowship, just to be able to commune with him and talk with him. Amen. Father, we thank you that you're giving us the wisdom on how to be the most efficient representative of your kingdom. Father, we thank you that you're giving us the ability, the knowledge, the know-how to be the bride, to be set apart, Lord. Help us in this hour to be your hands and feet. Lord, give us the boldness and the courage to step into the dark places, Lord, to go to areas that other people don't want, to allow us to be in places where we experience your love in such a way. We thank you for it. I want to do this because I never want to not to. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, I know that and sometimes it, you can, we can just go by and not think, but it's important. If you're in here and you don't know if you would make it to heaven, and what that means is if you've never confessed Jesus with your mouth and believed it in your heart, that's the only way you can stand before a righteous God on judgment day is knowing if you're in this place and you're not sure, I just want you to lift your hand with all eyes closed if there's anybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we all say this together, say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Take out the stony heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again three days later. And I believe that you're coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a boldness to live for you. I thank you that I'm saved, born again, and I will fulfill my high calling in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I just wanted us all to say that together. Just it was on my heart, just with where we're at. I know that. We're, everybody here is believers, but it's just important that you know. So we love you all so much. And
make sure you're here with us in this journey. We're moving. How many people are in agreement that we're going to fill this place up and then get our own building? Amen. That the power, we're about to see the power of God in such great manifestation. We're about to see that it's, we're not going to have to even do advertising or whatever. People are just going to say, you got to see how God is manifesting himself in the body, in the group. Amen. We're about to see it in such a way. But since we have some time, if, you, if there's people you don't know, go up, get somebody's phone number, tell them you love them. This fellowship, the presence of God is here and so tangible. But let's talk to each other. Let's love on each other. We'll see you all next Tuesday. Amen. Amen. Love y'all.